Hello and welcome ladies and gentlemen to a brand new episode of the Denalysis Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host Dan and as always I'm joined by Natalie. It's been a week. It has, it's, it has been a week, it's correct. It's been a week, Fact that's only. all I've got to say. I mean we know everyone's team sucked, that doesn't really matter now because we have loads of options, loads of new players have emerged and double game week central is right around the corner so it's exciting times for, for FPL managers all around the world. Uh, if you enjoy this podcast, we'd be hugely appreciative if you could drop us a five-star rating on iTunes. And if you like hanging out on Twitter, you can find us there too, at The Denalysis. But we're going to kick proceedings off this week with a, a little look at Liverpool. Mm-hmm. And I've got some stats, Nat. Okay. I've got some real stats. So what do we have on the agenda regarding Liverpool? Mane versus Salah. Versus also the Liverpool defence. Well, I'm not going to verse because... the Liverpool. I wouldn't verse the Liverpool. So, I did some stats because I'm being really petty and want to prove a point I made all the way back on the 11th of November last year. Um, and this was a, a double up plus one of the midfielders from Liverpool is better than Mane and Salah plus a defender. Um... Basically, I looked at all the, all the stats. If you'd had a Liverpool double-up since the 11th of November in defence, you could have had 11 out of 18 clean sheets, which would have been banging. Obviously, there are some caveats there because like Trent Alexander-Arnold did spend some time out injured. But I thought, you know, I'm going to look at goals and assists as well. In that time, Andy Robertson has seven assists. Trent, bearing in mind he missed a bunch of games as well, he has one goal and five assists, and Van Dijk has three goals and three assists in that time. Not to mention bonus points. Uh, comparatively, Salah has 12 goals and four assists, and Mane has eight goals and two assists. So, the Mane and Salah debate first off. Where do you land on that? Because I think Mane is... I think he's a fake little bitch, and I don't like him. Yes, but that back heel goal was quite good, wasn't it? It was good, yeah. I mean, he does have moments of brilliance. This is the thing, the thing about Mane. He's a player that, in terms of uh, being a goal scorer, like, he's really exciting because he's quite selfish. He is, uh, on his day, he can, he can be very clinical. But also, he's frustratingly wasteful in the attack. And, I mean, I know Salah had a, a number of chances against Everton, but... It feels like Mane, every time he gets the ball and they're on a counter-attack, he just refuses to pass it. And it's insanely frustrating to watch. Um, And yeah, I kind of look at Mane and I just think that's kind of the player you get there. Like, he's great every now and then, but he doesn't have the level of consistency that that Salah has, even though Salah has dropped off a little bit in his own right in in recent weeks. Um, What... Do you have a, a favourite of the two overall? Um, yeah, I think like Salah versus Watford still had so many chances. Like Salah versus Everton is a different kind of fish, but yeah, versus Watford, like I think he was genuinely really unlucky not to get a goal. And he's who I have at the moment. He's who I've had all season. Yeah, and I I know like people are keep people are saying that they're going to drop him and this that, and the other. Fine, do what you got to do. But I surely versus Burnley at Anfield and then versus Fulham, you shouldn't you shouldn't really be dropping either of them, should you? I'm saying yeah. no. But so where they play Spurs in thirty two, I'm thinking about getting rid. Hmm. Like just for that game I can do basically I can just transfer out and then I'm gonna wildcard into thirty three. Yeah. So I can just get rid of Salah for that week where they play Spurs, where he's obviously not going to score because, God forbid, he scores against the top 16. <laughs> um, so that's my current plan, I think. But then I'll get him straight back in. So really, I'm hoping he drops in price so okay. that I can afford to get him back in. So yeah, if everyone else could actually get rid of him so that then I can afford to drop and get back. Yeah. Thank so you. So what's, what's the logic behind wildcarding in game week 33? Because I can, I have like a good enough team for thirty two as we mm. as it stands, and then I want to wildcard into thirty three to get 
rid of anyone who has so that I can field a full 11 really hmm. so I can field a full 11 in 33 and then have bench players that I can play for the next double game week. yeah right okay so I have that, to make loads a... of transfers yeah yeah because we're in that period now where it's actually quite painful to try and manage your team especially without knowing i have no idea what's going on i thought i understood the double game weeks Hmm. i'm sitting there at quarter past 11 saturday morning and i'm like i've got no idea what's going on (laughs) i had no idea that double gaming had actually already been scheduled i didn't realize Uh, well wait what do you mean like the man united and wolves right yeah fixture that came out of nowhere there's a man city one in 35 right man city spurs yeah uh, it's or something. I th- yeah, it's Man City play Spurs, and also the Manchester derby has been moved to midweek. I didn't know. Yeah. I had no idea, and I was so confused. I mean, I assume they announced this on Twitter or something, but I well, it not completely me, passed me by. They did yeah, not it... at me personally and let me know this was happening, <laughs> which they definitely should have done. I mean, we're the hottest podcast in town. Like, it's true. So yeah, that that kind of. That caught me by surprise because it was only I saw someone talking about the double game weeks on Twitter. And to be honest with you, I am planning for the double game weeks, but I do not like the speculation because it all seems very futile. Like, if we end up having a bunch of games thrown into game week 37, all the planning and all the preparation will have been for nothing. But I, on the other hand, have had a slightly different strategy and I've actually wildcarded this week. Um, it's a gamble. I mean, I'm gambling on a lot of double game week matches, uh, fixtures going into game week 32. But also, I kind of wanted to, well, I wanted to get Lanzini in. That was really the the big point this week, the big thing I wanted to do. Uh, I wanted to bring him in and I also wanted to bring Brooks in and I thought City have a really good fixture as well. And I do want to play my bench boost. My bench boost? My bench boost. Yeah, I'm I'm gambling on a lot of double game week fixtures being added to game week 32. But also the thing you have to do, especially when you don't know when, <laughs> you don't know necessarily when the fixtures are going to be. But also I don't know which fixtures are going to blank in game week 33. Yeah. I mean, I have a fair <laughs> have an inkling that Man City will blank in game week 33 because. Man City are quite good and they have Swansea in the FA Cup. Uh, but Crystal Palace versus Watford, for example, in order to cover myself for, for that game, I'm going to have two, probably two Watford players and two Crystal Palace players. And I think those are two teams that have pretty decent double game week fixtures. Um, Watford, I mean, they do face Man United in the double game week, but it also seems like that is a game I think they could get something out of or at least score a goal or two in. So I'm kind of looking at those and making sure I've built a team where I've got enough for the double game week, but also I can at worst take like a minus four to have a full playing 11. So a good example, actually, Liverpool are a great example for this because they do not blank. Um, Bournemouth also, they do not blank. But Southampton, I think, are an interesting one because they will have at least one double game week coming up and they do not blank in game week 33 because they're playing Liverpool. So I've opted for Gunn at the moment uh, in goal, hoping that he'll make a bunch of saves against Liverpool and also Bednarek because, I don't know, probably score a set-piece goal or something, I hope. I don't know. Yeah, that's definitely something to consider. Like when you're... I think wildcarding now is a good risky strategy. But I know a lot of other people are looking to do like a... They've built their team for game week 31 and they're looking to do a free hit in game week 32 and then sort of wild cards after that game week 34 or game week 33. I think that certainly is the the least risky strategy and I guess FPL is all about risk management to some degree. It's it's a tough one. I'm hoping that pays off and I've got a triple up on, on City at the moment as well and I've gone... Finally gone for the little Van Dyke and Robertson double up, which I'm That's very excited about. That's so much about. money. It is so much money, but the thing is, I I don't really care. <laughs> like, it seems worth it. So I, I've got rid of Salah at the moment, actually. 
knowing that I will miss out for him against Burnley. And Fulham. But but I'm going to free hit in game week 31 anyway. So it's easy to get Salah back for that. So that means that I'm only missing Salah for oh, Burnley, for Burnley. which okay. is a tough game. And then uh, game week 32 when they play Spurs, which to be fair, I do think Salah could score, uh, score in. But I'm not overly worried when I have three Man City players who are playing Fulham. And uh, I have like Redmond from Southampton who has Brighton and potentially a second fixture. There are just a lot of good fixtures in that week that, that I'm looking at. Chelsea also. I've got um, Higuain up front. And Palace. Uh, Palace play Huddersfield at home. So that looks like a really nice fixture. And I think their Palace's potential double is is someone quite rubbish. It's someone like... Oh, it's Spurs. <laughs> so they are quite rubbish at the moment, I guess. Ah, there we are. Uh, Man City, a team that do look look very good for the potential double game week. But they only managed to put one past Bournemouth. Were you surprised by... By Pep's failure to destroy Bournemouth this week. I mean, I captained Sterling this week hoping for a big return. Sterling had never not scored against Bournemouth before and walked away with a mere three points. Wasn't this more about Bournemouth only defending as opposed to Man City not attacking? Yeah, <laughs> it's it's fair to say that Bournemouth, I didn't really, I didn't even know they had this up their sleeve, but they essentially set out to sit really deep and just try everything in their power to keep City from scoring. And they did pretty well, to be fair. I mean, they really restricted City's chances. I think they ended up with an XG of like 1.13, which for a team that had like 23 shots or something mm. isn't an insanely high XG. But they did restrict them to a lot of long shots or speculative efforts. And yeah, I thought Bournemouth did really well. Which does make me look at them and think, oh, wait a minute. Is Bournemouth a, a good fixture for big teams anymore? But Watford, on the other hand, which is who City play next, they just conceded five against Liverpool. So does this make Sterling still a, a, an awesome option? Or are we uh, a little bit worried about Watford taking the Bournemouth approach to defending? Because I know that Liverpool have a really well, they have previous for just hammering Watford every season for the last few years. I know that City did do it uh, last year. I think it was 6-0. I think that was away from home. I could be wrong. But yeah, Marco Silva era Watford just seems like a, it's kind of incomparable. Um, Sterling, though, he, he did have a number of chances in this game. He got in behind the defence a few times. And I think he looked good overall. Mm. And I think he looked good in the uh, in the cup final as well. But I, I mean, City seem to keep coming up against these teams who will just try to defend and try to be really organised, which makes sense because City have so much of the ball, it's almost pointless, like, trying to, trying to dominate or trying to play an open game. Um, but yeah, I, I think Sterling, considering the fact that he has a double game week and in the double game week, should it fall on game 32, Fulham away is the first game, and that just looks like a an amazing captaincy option. Uh, alongside Aguero also, who's all the way up to 11.8 now, and he came close one or two times against Bournemouth as well. One in particular that I thought was just him trying to cross, and he lobbed the keeper, and it, uh, oh, it hit, hit the crossbar. crossbar. Yeah. Yeah. He's he's looking pretty impressive. I mean, the only worry I have about City at the moment is that every team they play is just going to try to be really defensive. And Fulham actually put in quite a decent performance against Chelsea at the weekend. So I, will, I don't want to go too overboard with Fulham because I don't think they're that good. I don't think they're going to be able to, with the quality of their personnel, they're not going to be able to keep City out. But it is food for thought maybe that Fulham isn't going to be quite such a, a pushover like it was earlier in the season. Um, so we have a number of premium strikers to look at. Aubameyang obviously missed a, a penalty in the North London derby in a key moment. Uh, Higuain scored against Fulham and generally looks quite good. 
Lukaku has come out of nowhere and scored, what, four goals in two games? Exactly. That's, that's pretty intense, and he actually looks quite good. Mm. That's the scariest thing. So do you want me to tell you what I was going to do? Right. I was going to get Aguero for Aubameyang. But I ha- because I have loads of money, because I can't remember what I did before to have loads of money, but then I just downgraded De La Feu to Brooks. So now I have even more extra money. Hmm. So I was going to do that this week, but I'm too scared of Jesus and Aguero not playing. So I don't want to do it. And then... Um, so then... I'm going to free hit in 31, so that's fine. So I'd have Aguero for 32. But also I was thinking about getting Lukaku for 32. Where they have... Where Man United have the double. Yeah. And then literally getting rid straight away because they blank in 31 and 33. Yeah. So literally just getting Lukaku in for 32 and then get taking him out again on the wild card for 33. Right. So... You would have, in week 32, you'd have Lukaku and Aguero, or just Lukaku? No, I'd have to just get Lukaku. I'd have to switch Aguero out. But you would have Sterling? Yes. Yeah. So that's, I think, like, you need... So now I think I'm not going to do Aguero, because there's no point in getting Aguero in for just Hmm. one... I guess I'd have him for two games. No, I'd just have him for one game week, wouldn't I? Hmm. Yeah. It's not worth it. Yeah, maybe not. I mean, it depends how... uh, Something I've learned in recent weeks is sometimes you just have to kind of go for the the short-term pick. And we learned that with with Son, with his uh, rich vein of scoring form that seems to have died off now. Uh, But also, Higuain was a player I was looking at this week. Uh, I had two moves I could have made. I could have gone Son and Barbel to uh, Mkhitaryan and... Uh, Sterling, bringing Sterling back, or Son and Aubameyang to Sterling and Higuain, and I could have kept Ryan Barbel, got his assist, got the three points from Sterling or whatever, and got I think seven points from Higuain, at least six. I, I, I can't remember if he got any bonus. Eight. Could well have been whatever he got. Anyway, I could have got that. So in a week where no one really scored well, it seems like that was a missed opportunity but at the same time I look at Aubameyang and I think he came on and he had chances in the North London derby least of all a freaking penalty that Mm -hmm. that he won himself and I think you probably say it just about everyone in the world would say it like he did not look like a man who was going to score that penalty no I knew as soon as they they got the penalty I knew it wasn't going to go in yeah I've seen a lot of mention of that in the discourse around this game and I kind of, I I had a similar feeling, but it was more just because I know Aubameyang isn't actually that good a penalty taker. And the player you really want taking that penalty is Lacazette. And he was unfortunately off the pitch because he'd missed a number of presentable chances earlier in the game. So it was just one of those situations where I think on the day, a number of things didn't go right for Arsenal. And we just didn't have a proper penalty taker on the pitch. And that kind of cost us in the end when uh did you see Vertonghen's encroaching as well where he was I've seen it at least 500 times yeah almost in line with Aubameyang as as he takes a penalty so it should have been retaken he he was almost though like I am almost being like two meters away Higuain scored a goal though and he looked he looked pretty good the worry I have about Chelsea at the moment is that they don't really seem to be playing that well what are their fixtures like? Obviously, I don't have them because like, I couldn't be bothered to write them out. Yeah, so oh, they have they're wolves kind next. of hit and miss. Yeah, they have Wolves next, which could be good or bad. I mean, it is at home at Stamford Bridge uh, and they have Everton in game week 31. So I guess that's a key thing. Like Chelsea are a team. If you're building for game week 31 and you're not using your free hit, Chelsea are one of the better options you can look at along with, with Liverpool. Um, and they play Everton in game week 31, which is away from home, but knowing that Everton's defence is usually not amazing, like he, he could certainly be a good option, and he's priced quite well. I think he rose in price today to 9.6, mm-hmm. but if you compare that with Hazard, like you don't have to do major surgery in your team to get someone like him in. Um, I think he's kind of quite similar to Aubameyang in that he's a player that 
will get chances purely through through good movement and intelligence and it's not necessarily a player you'll see lots of in the game like doing loads of fancy stuff but he is a, a clinical finisher when he gets his moments um i like him a lot more than hazard personally and i think at 9.6 certainly for the double game week considering the the fixture that's confirmed uh sorry that's slightly misleading so they play cardiff away in game week 32 but they also have i think a fixture against brighton that could go in there yeah and if that happened that would be ideal obviously um so yeah i think higuain is a, a fairly decent option he's got three goals in in his last five games it's kind of a mixed bag for him he's had some poor performances and some good ones and like you said lukaku he seemingly has come out of nowhere and you just know what been... though that works if everyone is free hitting in 32 like they are for some hmm. reason that is unbeknownst to me lukaku there and you free hit done job's good yeah 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 you're right he's um you could fit him in because that's at 10.7, the problem with Lukaku is he's just so freaking hard to fit in, especially to navigate like these double game weeks and, and blank game weeks yeah. with them blanking twice. Hmm. Okay, so yeah, I, I think Aubameyang will be back to his best soon enough, but I definitely so, think... Also, is Lacazette still banned in the Europa this week? Yes, yes he is. He's so Aubameyang... been given, I think, three games. Oh, so Aubameyang will play on Thursday night. Yeah. So will he start against Man United? I think Lacazette will start again. So my understanding of how things are going to happen at Arsenal now, mainly based on the, uh, or predicated on the fact that we've played really freaking well with just one striker on the pitch. Um, I think it's got to be one or the other from now on. And I think both players will play in most of the games in the Premier League. But I think it'll be 60, 70 minutes for Aubameyang or Lacazette. And then the other one will come on for the last 30 or, or 20 minutes. And that's going to be a pattern that you see. It's probably going to be based on who we're playing as well. So Lacazette in the big games makes a lot of sense because he, he does a lot of chasing back. He does a lot of harrying of the defenders. And it just makes sense to have someone with that kind of energy. And then when the team's tired later in the game, you can bring Aubameyang on for his pace and... That's kind of why I think he's still a good option. Like, even if he comes on for 20, 30 minutes, we know he's a player that has the, the physical tools to come into a game late on and really terrorise the defence. And he's actually got a lot of points from the bench this season anyway. So I, I think he'll come back into his own, but they do face Man United, albeit at the Emirates this weekend. Um, but Arsenal also blank in game week 31. So... If you're looking to get someone for week 31, again, Higuain is, is the place to look, I guess. Moving on to the slightly more affordable strikers. Barnes and Wood, they're still, uh, they're still hanging out, but they're, um, are their fixtures good? That's probably the biggest question with, with Barnes and Wood. Not particularly. And yeah. Yeah, they're a little bit iffy. They're kind of up and down. So they, pe uh, they face Liverpool away next. Mm. Which is not good. No. But they do play in game week 31. Yes. Against Leicester at home. So that, that could be an interesting one. I don't really know what to make of Leicester yet. It's going to be one of those time will tell scenarios. Because we don't really... I mean, I don't think yesterday's game is fair to judge Rodgers on. Because he's been there literally for like three days. Yeah. And Watford are just quite good at playing for like five minutes in a game at and managing to win it somehow. Mm. Um, but yeah, their, their fixtures are a bit up and down. The one benefit, like I say, they do play every week. They're, there is no chance of a, a blank game week for um, Burnley. So if that's of concern to you, then they could be good. But I just don't see any reason to bring them in at this point with those fixtures. No, and it's definitely Barnes over Wood, I think. Interestingly, it does seem that... Um where Crouch is being subbed on, they're mm. alternating. So uh, in the midweek, it was Wood who... Uh, sorry, it was Barnes who went off and Crouch came on. Then at right. the weekend, it was Wood who went off and Crouch came on. I see. So there's a little sub-rotation. Yeah. Well, 
They did actually look quite good against Palace, to be fair. I, I mean, I looked at the XG at the end on Match of the Day and Burnley had an XG of 2.4 or something and uh, Palace had like 0.44. Hmm. Yet Palace walked away with three goals yeah. and uh, Burnley only one. So it's not like fatal for them, but they're probably not the, the players to look at right now. There aren't a whole load of options in that price range. Andone, as another example, just scored a goal, but he doesn't really get the minutes. No, and... not at all. But if Brighton are going to actually try and stay up uh, this year, they're going to have to start playing Andone more. Yeah, it really does seem that way. He's he's impressed every time he's played, it seems like. And I, I don't really understand why he doesn't shout, uh, shout? why he doesn't start more often. Uh, but he is 5.0, which is... A very nice little price. So mm. if you're looking at that double game week, they, again, TBC, we don't know if there's definitely going to be a second fixture in game week 32, but, but they do have Southampton at home. And Brighton have two double game weeks coming up. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So you could hold on to these players. And if there's one thing we know about double game weeks, it's that there is rotation. So someone like Andone could end up being quite a powerful gamble because it... You know, you could look at someone like Glenn Murray, who's like a guaranteed starter, and then he does nothing, and Andone plays the second game, and no one has him because they were worried about him starting, and he scores a hat-trick or something. It's unlikely, but it's a, a gamble, and it's a cheap gamble at 5.0, mm. particularly if you need to free up money for for a more expensive, exciting player elsewhere. Uh, Troy Deeney also has, has picked up a, a few goals in the last few weeks, and a few assists as well, actually. The issue I have with Deeney is... He's awful. Yeah. <laughs> so he's not. But I just feel like he is a player that every time he does score, he doesn't, um, he doesn't replicate that for another sort of six game weeks. Yeah. And he'll, he'll have like a banger of a game week. I mean, it, to be fair, he has scored three and assisted two over the last three game weeks. So maybe he's coming into form. But I'd probably, if I was looking at anyone from Watford, I'd be looking at Ben Foster in goal or the midfielders. Yeah. Because they just seem more involved in the game. Well, I mean, the Watford fixtures are awful on the, the way up anyway. Yeah. We've got Man City next and they blank in whatever the next game week is, 31. Then Man United mm-hmm. away. Then they have Fulham in the middle. So, I mean, at least there's that. But then it's Arsenal after that. So, yeah. it is a bit not pleasant. They are a team, though, that I look at in those big games and I think they can get something. Yeah. Um, so uh, not necessarily against Man City. I think Man City and Liverpool are games that Watford just aren't on a level. But I think Man United, they have shown a bit of weakness defensively. And I think that strong midfield uh, duo and just generally quite strong team throughout... Um, they could certainly find themselves countering a team like Man United or Arsenal quite effectively. And like you say, Fulham in the middle at home, that is a, a good opportunity for them to get a good win. Um, elsewhere, we have Batshuayi, who's hit the ground running for Palace, really. He scored two goals in his last three and, well, he's always starting. And I think with Palace, it's really a case of just where do you think the best option is? Um, Batshuayi at 6.5 good value. I think Zaha is 6.8 and he's been in really good form in recent weeks. And between those two, I, I don't really know. Like, I, I don't really know how I'd pick. What do you think of Bats? I love him. Uh, yeah, I think I might actually, if I do all that Lukaku fuckery, um, I might get Batsuai in for Barnes. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah, but we like shall see. But like Brighton at home, uh, M23 Derby, and then Hudders at home, and then Newcastle away, like, that's yeah. looking alright, isn't it? Their fixtures are decent, and double game week as well, like, it, they're actually one of the teams that I was starting to think were going to be in trouble, and as soon as they started dropping into that relegation fight, they've just come out of it. They've started scoring goals, that's that's the main thing, like, yeah. as soon as Batshuayi came in... It's not even like he's been the one scoring all of them, but Zaha has started con- uh, contributing more. Milivojevic is always someone to look at as well for the double game week because 
I think Huddersfield and potentially Spurs, like Spurs feels like the kind of game they could get a penalty in. Mm. <laughs> it just, it seems written in the stars and I don't quite know why, but it just feels like one of those games where Zaha's going to dribble past one Foyt and he's going to stretch a leg out and Is pull him down simultaneously. Um, he's floating around somewhere. He didn't mm. play against against Arsenal, but I'm not really surprised about that after what happened last time. So, uh, Also, Jeffrey Schlupp, uh, midfielder no. for Palace. What? He's a defender. Oh, is he for real? Yeah. I oh, was shocked geez. when I came to this conclusion a mere few hours ago. I came to this conclusion by looking on the website. But yeah, yeah he's I should have known that as well. I thought he was a midfielder um, and had no I think idea. I just got it in my head because he's been playing midfield recently. But mm. I think he was in, in previous seasons, but they, they switched him to a defender. 4.5 and he's playing games. So, so 90 is... minutes for the last five. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. For a 4.5 Palace attacking defender. Potentially more attacking than Wan Bizzle. Yeah. Wan Bizzy. But he's just so good, Aaron. Yeah, he is. In terms he? of like bonus points and stuff, like what doesn't he have the most tackles out of any team in Europe or something? Yeah, I don't know if that still stands, but I, it, it certainly it was about a month ago. This weekend. Yeah. So okay. I'm gonna say yes. It's still. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Like so, 71 successful tackles this season or something. Yeah, he is really good at tackling and net successful tackles. I think it, that contributes a lot of points in the. In the BPS, mm. so it's one of those key sort of um, factors. And comparatively, I mean, Schlupp, he gets goals and he gets assists. But yeah. actually, what you really want is bonus points from your defenders. And someone who does the defensive stuff really well, really consistently, I think that's probably more valuable than someone who gets the odd goal. Um, although I have brought Van Arnhal in on my wildcard. He's so. <laughs> expensive as well. Why didn't you get one of these? I mean, I still could. I, I, I'm not set in stone with my wildcard yet. I just kind of, you know, picked some players. And I was like, I like that. I like the look at that team. Mm. And I do, you know, I have this ongoing love affair with Van Arnholt. I've always, always liked him as a player. And I do like to get him in when it's possible. So, yeah, Schlupp, great option. Yeah, I did also want to ask about Gator and Hennessy. Because I ended mm. up with no goalkeeper this week because... Uh, Oh, Roy. Roy Patricio was uh, dropped in place of Ruddy so Ruddy could get some, some time in before the FA Cup. Yeah, so he could be fit for the FA Cup. And I'm like, how much effort does a goalkeeper have to <laughs> we put We literally in? had a full-blown rant on Saturday. Like, how you literally just stand and catch a ball every now and again. How, yeah. Like, what warming could, up could do you need to get, like, do? a... One of those um, machines that just shoot the balls out at different angles. Like, just do that for an hour. Surely you get enough practice. If there are only like max four goalkeepers of you at Wolves, surely you get enough practice in the week. Absolutely. Uh, so my mind blown. Um, so yeah, because of that, and I bought in Gaeta two weeks ago, uh, ended up with no goalkeeper this week. Oops. But it's fine because... There were barely any clean sheets anyway. Well, yeah, but and I would have just liked the, the one... two save points, I guess. Yeah, yeah. It's It should be said, though, Ruddy actually kept a clean sheet, something that Roy Roy of the Patricio family has not been <laughs> able to do in, uh, in rather a long time. Mm. So maybe this spells the end. I don't think it will be. No, but... and I do want to keep him just in case for the double as well. Yeah. So it's oh, imagine he of... rotates like oh. his second and third keeper for the double game. It's all a bit of a pain in the <laughs> My arse, third keeper be must be fit for the because I'm going to use him in the penalty shootout in the FA Cup if we get to the next round. <laughs> I might have to do another goalkeeper transfer and get Boric in. Like that's oh, that's where. Okay. We're at. Okay. So we're going to come to Boric in a bit, but I don't like the sound of that at all. At all. Okay. Anyway, I uh, still don't know how to say his name, but I'm going to say Till- Tillemans. Yeah, I think that's fine. He's pretty good. Because he's, what, he's Belgian. What do they speak in, in Belgium? What is the French and Flemish. main language? Okay, so it's, it probably is Tielemon or something like that. Yeah. Okay, that's all good. Um, six million, 
a really exciting player, I think. And when you look at Leicester, they have good fixtures. Vardy's a bit expensive, though. And he's probably the only other area that I'd look at. So Tielemon or Tielemans <laughs> at 6 million looks like a pretty sassy pick. And they play Fulham next. So good little, good little potential for goals there, maybe. Yeah, I like it. I see it. I like but are it. you going to bring him in? I want it. I got it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. I do like the look of the Huddersfield and the Newcastle in what thirty three and thirty four. Yeah. So yeah, I do reckon I'll probably bring a. Maybe I'll just get Madison back. It's been a long time. Shouldn't have left oh, you. Oh, don't do it. He did get an assist though, didn't he, at the weekend? Yeah. Which is annoying because I hate when that happens. But then barely anyone owns him, so it's fine. But. Mm. Yeah, I, what do you think of Leicester's performance at the weekend? I didn't um, get to see the whole match, but I saw a bit of it and it felt it felt to me that they were the same Leicester as they were under Puel. I had the whole match on, bar the first like 25 minutes maybe. Yeah. Because Charlie was watching a Meerkat documentary. Nice. <laughs> that sounds cute. <laughs> well, yeah, I didn't think so. Um, I didn't pay attention to Leicester whatsoever, so I can't offer any... Do input. you remember Andre Gray's goal, though? Because... Yes, he took his shirt off. He did take his shirt off. And he has a sweet back tat, which I Which I you can see in the Little Mix Think About Us video. Oh, right, okay. Little little bit of um promo for Little Mix. Always. Uh, <laughs> uh, but... The goal I thought was quite... Like, I was listening to um, the BBC, like, they do a daily podcast, and this is actually quite terrible, to be honest, but they talk about, like... Is it because uh, it's daily? I do think that is part of the problem. Like, if you're talking about football every single day... You're going to get There's a lot of, like, forced narrative going on, but, yeah, they were talking about how all these managers nowadays, they want the keepers to, to play with their feet, you know, and... I'm like, I don't remember Brendan Rodgers ever being a, like, play out the back, get get the keeper to play out the back sort of manager. I didn't really think that's what he specifically does, although he does prefer possession play. But they were speaking about it in reference to the error that Schmeichel made when he basically kicked it to Decore. And that wasn't a short pass. He was just hoofing it up the field and it was just a bad pass. And I found it quite strange that they were kind of highlighting that as if his distribution's an issue because Brendan wants to play out short. And it was actually just a hoof upfield that caused the, the goal to happen in the first place. Hmm. But that was a brilliant example of Watford just being super clinical on, on the transition when they get the ball back. And I kind of love them for that. Like it's They can go through long stretches of the game just being really uneventful, but when they do that, it's really, it's really exciting. It's really fun. Uh, so moving on, we'll look at some goalkeepers now. You did mention Borat Jalia, and I just don't, I can't get on board with this. He's such a bad goalkeeper, Natalie. But he's only four million. I know, but he's going to be dropped again soon. It's, they'll find some kids, man. They'll find a kid from the youth academy. He'll get added to the game, and that'll be that. Before It'll the be end over of the season, Boric. do you reckon they'll bother? Uh, I don't know. I'd. See, the issue I have, right, so they do have Huddersfield next. It's away from home. Huddersfield can't score, but I really love this Jan Sievert guy and I can see myself falling madly in love with his demeanour. Yeah, Boric, bottom line, he will not keep clean sheets, mark my words. He may make saves. So mm. I, I do think this weekend, for example, he, he got, what, like six points yeah, from he got the two, City game? Yeah, he got two save points for sure. I think he ended on five. And I think he got... Right, okay. So he got like um, got like a bonus point on things. I do think he's good in those games because they're going to face a lot of shots. But I, yeah, I just can't see him being a good option and no double game week. Okay. Angus Gunn, however, okay, into the starting lineup for three games in a row. Yeah. Well, this is what we thought last time when he played. He what, kept a clean sheet, saved a penalty, did all the good stuff. And then, oh, he was out again. Yeah, but that was only one game. And he, Hasenhutl said in the um, 
I think it was prior to the match, he was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to play Gunn because he, he works for this game against Chelsea. And I feel like he's just kind of seen enough of McCarthy now and he thinks, you know, what, I'm just going to play the young guy because he looks quite good. Give him a shot. And it seems like for the foreseeable future, he will remain in goal. And the penalty save certainly hasn't done his case any harm. Um, and in general, like he, he's put in quite consistent performances. I mean, I don't know if he could have been expected to save any of those shots against Man United, especially the Pereira one, which yeah. is an absolute bastard of a shot. Two wonder goals in that game. Ridiculous. And Lukaku's goals were good as well. But yeah, I think at 4.3, he, with a double game week on the horizon and Spurs next at home, Spurs in decline, I'm actually going to play Angus Gunn this week. So as I mentioned earlier, I've got Gunn on my wildcard. And I've also got Ben Foster, and they're playing Tottenham and Man City, respectively. So I'm like, well, either's good for me, because I'm sure they'll make some saves. Yeah. And it's going to be a good time for for all invited. Are you um casting your eye over Sir Angus? Yeah, I'm a bit. It's all a I bit get... of a mess, isn't it, really? Are you In what sense? Although I wasted a goalkeeper transfer when I had transfers to waste. And now I yeah. need my transfers. You can't punish yourself for this. So who knew that Gaeta was going to be mm. sitting on the bench a week later? Because he played well as yeah. well. Maybe it was I, that... I don't know if it was just a rotation. Maybe it was just... just that scandalous picture, you know, where Tomkins is looking down his shorts. Oh, yeah. Roy was like, I don't like the gays. <laughs> Maybe, <it was laughs> that. Maybe that's what it was. Don't want none of that. <laughs> that was ridiculous for anyone who didn't see that there was uh, a picture doing the rounds on social media of Tomkins and who was the other player it was Tomkins looking down Gaeta's shorts but there was another player doing it as well oh. I think it was Milivojevic as well I thought it was both just Tomkins I'm gonna go off the thing but um... <laughs> either way there were players looking down Gaeta's <laughs> shorts and he he was also looking down and it was like a sort of Weird doctor moment. <laughs> weird so doctor strange. visit. It's so weird. Like, what could he possibly be looking at? I have no idea. Other than his dick. I don't know. There's no explanation. <laughs> oh, goodness. The Southampton, as, as I mentioned earlier, they have a lot to play for. They do need to win some games in, if they're going to stay up. And I think they have, you know, aside from the double game week, their fixtures are not terrible. Uh, they do, after the double game week, face Liverpool. But after that, it's Wolves, Newcastle, Bournemouth, West Ham, Huddersfield. So not an awful run to the end of the season. And could be a nice little little benchy boy uh, for your, your goalkeeper rotation or whatever. A good player to bring in now. Who else have we got on the agenda? It was just Brooks, but we've talked about Brooks. Yeah, I mean, I guess we should mention him just because... There may be someone out there who's listening to this podcast and hasn't listened to the previous 10 where we've said, hey, we're going to bring in Brooks around about game week 30 because he plays Huddersfield and then his fixtures are really good. But he's 5.0, he doesn't blank, and while he doesn't have a double game week, Bournemouth fixtures to the end of the season, I, I do hesitate to say they're amazing because Bournemouth have not scored many goals recently, but they have been missing David Brooks and, and Brooks before he got injured I think he scored two goals in one game against Chelsea and uh two assists oh right so he got a goal, goal and two assist. assists in his last two games and then an assist in the game before that yeah so so he's not doing too bad and uh in general just looks a very very good player and at 5.0 I mean that's kind of the best option you can get from Bournemouth I don't think it's really worth looking at their defenders. I don't think it ever has been this season. And Callum Wilson has proven himself to be ridiculously injury prone. So the only other player is Fraser and he's more than 6 million. I just don't think he's offering the same value that he was offering earlier in the season. You may as well go for Brooks, someone who plays, well, has had a little bit of a rest through his injury. So maybe he'll come back a, a lot more fresh. Um... Yeah, I think he looks like a great option. And I just wanted to throw in a quick little chat about Arsenal because they face Man United at the Emirates next. Not a great game. 
put in a really good performance against Spurs away from home. Probably the first time I've seen them put in an away performance against the top six side that good for about 10 years, to be honest. And lineup wise, uh, so we mentioned earlier that it's got to be one of Lacazette or Aubameyang to start, probably not both of them, which is not what I initially thought. Um, and I think Mkhitaryan looks incredible and he'd be the player that I'd be looking at. I, I did bring him in this week, as I mentioned, but I've wildcarded now anyway. It was just a just a one week punt. Um, but he was exceptional in that game. I think he got, what, a goal and two assists in the Southampton? Wait, what was it? Uh, game week 27, he got a goal and an assist against Southampton. And he then, got a goal and two assists. Oh, right. And then against Bournemouth, he got a goal and two assists. A goal and two assists. And he just looks like a player who's really found his feet under Emery. And him being out injured, I, I mean, I don't think... Arsenal fans, myself included, realises how much we'd miss him until he was out. Um, because he can be quite a frustrating player, but it feels like we've kind of hit that that rhythm where the players know the system a bit better. And Iwobi and Mkhitaryan work really well in tandem. Um, the, the midfield seems more functional. And just having the one striker rather than Aubameyang and Lacazette playing, one of them playing a role they're not 100% comfortable with, I think the team looks a lot better. So... I probably wouldn't look at Ozil, although he could be an option as well. Um, but Mkhitaryan is like 6.7 million. Yeah, Ozil's way too expensive, I think. Yeah, I mean, he's down to like 7.8, but even so, like, I don't think Ozil's going to be guaranteed a starting place, whereas I think Mkhitaryan is probably, in terms of like Emery players, he is one of the most suited because not only does he attack well and is he very influential in the game, but he also um he also does a lot of the tracking back and the defensive work that that Emery demands of his players. So it looks to me like it's got to be him and Iwobi starting wide and one of Lacazette or Aubameyang. Maybe we'll see Dennis Suarez come in a little bit later in the season, and it'll be Ramsey and Özil rotating for that that spot behind the striker. So that's that's my thoughts on Arsenal. Oh, also Koscielny and Socrates in defence, absolutely banging. I won't mention Mustafi because we all know what, what happened there. So should we have a quick look at the analysis domestic and see who performed well in game week 28 and 29? Yes. Uh, in game week 28, John Kelly was our top scorer with 86 points. What a legend. Mm. And in game week 29, with a not particularly impressive, but it's still 32 points more than I got, uh, Tom Halstead. Well done, Tom. I mean, it's not an impressive tally. It's not an impressive tally at 66 on a good week. But considering how bad this particular week was, I think that's a very respectable score. Yeah, I'm not mad at him. Yeah, absolutely. So congratulations to John and Tom for their their fantastic performances in in those two weeks. Um, Anything else exciting happening in in analysis? No, not really. Although I did notice that there is a girl in our top 10. Oh, wow. And it's not you. And it's... Oh, God, it's not me. I'm barely scraping <laughs> the top we're 50. We're not close to... Yeah, we're not close to the top 10 at all. Uh, Emma Judge. I saw her a couple of weeks ago and I was like, I don't know where you've come from. But I'm pleased that you've come from wherever you've come from. Uh, and I hope you, you clinch it for us. <laughs> she believes. Uh, so we do have an exciting game week 30 on the horizon. Mm. Mainly exciting because, well, I don't, actually, I don't actually know if it is that exciting. I'm just excited because we play Man United and that to me is exciting. Uh, okay, so early kickoff on Saturday, Crystal Palace play Brighton. The M23 derby. It is the M23 derby, possibly the hottest derby of the calendar year. Someone was saying it was on the TV that someone was saying it was like an angry derby. They were like, it's not like Spurs Arsenal. It's an angry derby. Yeah, I I love the meme. It's evolving to ridiculous levels. What? I do like this for Palace, though. So Mm. I've, as mentioned, I mean, I should have just gone through my wildcard team rather than trying to shoehorn it in every time I I think about a player I have. Maybe. I've got Zaha and, and Van Aanholt for this one. So wow. it's probably a good time good time for Brighton to finally break their duck of being awful away from home and win the game, I guess. 
What What do you think? Do you think there's a uh, do Do you still have Wan Bissaka or have you moved him out? Yeah, no, I still have him. Uh, so, I'm playing Wan Bissaka in this. I'm probably not going to play Dunk. Yeah, yeah. I mean that away away form is something I worry about. I mean Brighton, I've worried about a lot recently to the point where I played Fabianski instead of um Ryan, Ryan this week. Yeah, because I really thought Huddersfield were going to score. Uh, and I, it kind of worked out okay because I got six points from Fabianski, but could have had nine from Ryan. Yeah. Which on a week like this would <laughs> have been would have been useful. But I'm kind of okay with it. But I, I think Palace look really good at the moment. I think Brighton is struggling and away from home that's that's gonna be a tough game for them. But like you say, it's an angry derby. Who knows what could happen? Uh Cardiff West Ham is at three o'clock as as well as a bunch of other three o'clock. So we've got Huddersfield, Bournemouth, Leicester, Fulham, uh, Newcastle, Everton, Southampton versus Spurs. This this looks quite fun for an accumulator, I guess. Yeah. I mean, um, we didn't talk about Newcastle. We didn't. So this is probably a good time to mention them. They got quite handily beaten by by um, West Ham, but had a good result prior to that. Uh, who did they play in the, the midweek? It was Burnley. Mm. So Burnley, who had previously been on a hot run of form, and they just absolutely dominated Burnley. It was a really entertaining match to watch, actually. And I kind of think that Newcastle, you know, they're looking, they're looking strong now. Everton at home, how, how do you think they'll perform in that game? I mean, I've just got rid of Almiron because no double game week, unfortunately. But if you are looking for a player that will be available in, in game week 31, then Newcastle are probably a team that you, you could be looking at. What do, you, uh, what do you think of Newcastle's chances? Or do you think there's anyone that you might look at bringing in? Uh, not to bring in. Like, I have Cher still. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to play him in this fixture. Uh, Rondon, I think, is still worth a shout. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I definitely think, you know, if you're playing the, the free hit week 32 or whatever, it's, it's definitely a good team to look at because they, they look strong defensively but also strong in attack. So And Shelby's on his way back as well. He scored for the under-23s the other night. Oh, really? Mm. I completely forgot that guy even existed. That's cause... not true because I mentioned him on the podcast about three weeks ago. Well, in between that time, okay. I had also forgotten he existed again. Uh, yeah, this... Newcastle-Everton. I like Newcastle a lot. I think Everton... We'll come on to Everton a bit later because I want to mix that in with Liverpool chat. Uh, Huddersfield-Bournemouth. So we mentioned this. This is one where David Brooks, it's got his name written all over it. The triumphant return to the score sheet. Do you reckon Huddersfield have a chance though with their, their new manager getting his first win against Wolves in the, uh, the midweek before losing to Brighton? Do you think Huddersfield have any, any hope? Not really. Oh, and did you see the stuff about punching as well? No, I didn't. What's happened? Well, Punchin's essentially been kicked out. Really? Yeah. Why? It was a like a Kamara yoga situation. Are you kidding me? No. Another? Yeah. I assumed it would be, but I, I didn't want to say that because that feels bad. What, what did he like fight with a, a player or something? I think he's just fallen out with uh, whoever the manager is. That is ridiculous. But um, yeah, he's... He's only been there like... Four weeks. Yeah. Jesus uh, Christ. Yeah, no, he's out. <sighs> Done. Well, what are you going to do? Back to Corden he goes. Yeah. Uh, Cardiff play West Ham. That That is one that I like the look of my boy Lanzini for. Held on to Arnautovic for so long, but it just doesn't look like he's in the starting lineup. Um, unfortunately. Are you talking to someone? No. Oh, sorry, I thought I heard something. <laughs> Um, yeah, what do you think of, of Cardiff and West Ham? I mean, Cardiff have dropped off a little bit lately. Not looking amazing. I don't have any West Ham players. Do you think anyone's worth looking at? No. I really wanted to keep Diop on my wildcard. I just couldn't justify it with the lack of, of double game week and having Lanzini. Because ultimately, this is a problem. When you do a wildcard and you're kind of preempting what moves you have to make... You have to plan in advance. I feel like I was saying that I wanted to get Noble in, though, and you said no. 
Yeah, I I probably would have said no, and I'd say no again. Scored a penalty though, didn't he? Yeah, but you know when you get a penalty, unless you're Milivojevic, I don't really think penalties can be used as a well until VAR comes in, of course, because there's going to be a penalty every five seconds. It's, it's going to be mental. How crazy is the start of next season going to be? Uh, Leicester Fulham, T Elements maybe um, Vardy. I don't know. I. I actually fancy Fulham to, to get something out of that. I think Leicester are looking a bit rubbish at the moment. And I thought Fulham actually imposed themselves really well on the game against uh, Chelsea. They scored a goal. Ultimately, it comes down to Chelsea having better players than them. But I thought they really improved. Scott Parker's basically come in and been a proper British lad, being like, come on, lads, you get stuck in. And he's played the the English boys who helps them get promoted and all of a sudden they look quite good again. And well, this it's... is new manager versus new manager, isn't it? The oh, new manager actually, Derby. Yeah, yeah I, I can't believe I let that slip. I didn't even... If there's a Derby, I'm going to find it. That's yeah. where we're at now. <laughs> that's I've gone that's from your role. hating the Derby so much I refuse to admit anything is a Derby to now everything is a Derby. <laughs> I think this is a better era than the, the prior one. This one's cool. Um... Shoehorn a derby wherever you can find it. Do my yeah. best. We've got the uh, the SS derby coming up. Southampton versus Spurs. <laughs> oh, the <laughs> the cruise ship derby over here. Okay, that's pretty cool. Southampton Spurs. I I think this is going to be a really entertaining one. Actually, I, I might watch this for my three o'clock kickoff illegal stream. Um, you, uh, I mean Spurs. They've really dropped off. Harry Kane scored a penalty against Arsenal, but. Since Harry Kane's come back, they haven't won a game. And uh, uh, is it because of Harry Kane? And we thought it wasn't allowed. We thought it wasn't possible, but of course Arsenal would allow the draw to happen. It is ridiculous that 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 would happen uh, because they're going for all kinds of good records. But I don't know. I mean, I've moved Son out. Do you think if you're a Son owner, are you going to bite the bullet and get rid? Or do you hold on? for one more game against Southampton and for the, the double game weeks and whatnot. How do you feel about Spurs at the moment? I'd definitely get rid. He's still been synonymous, hasn't he? Synonymous. Yes, he has. I think in general, like Spurs, I, I've said this before and I won't do the Dubravka bit again, but like Spurs have been lucky to win games in recent weeks and they seem to be struggling for fitness. Like they look tired, they look lacking in creativity and... I think this is a game where Southampton, with the home crowd behind them, they will feel like they can get something here. And really, they need to get something here. So, yes, a uh, good potential opportunity for them with Spurs currently on a bit of a slide. Uh, Man City play Watford in the late kickoff. And this is probably going to be where my captain's hanging out. Unless I change my mind. I mean, I am thinking about a little renegade one, but... Man City, Watford, what are you thinking? Have you got a captain in this match? Do you yeah. think this is going to be easy for City? Captain Sterling. Captain Sterling, yeah. I've currently got it on Aguero. I think I'll probably move it to Sterling. I just, I much prefer having a midfielder captain because I love that if they do score, it's five points for a goal. And with Man City, with so many games coming, Champions League returning and FA Cup, I think we're going to see a bit more like subbing of guys like Aguero and uh, maybe a little bit more rotation. So I'll probably look to go to Sterling. But... So you've got Aguero and Higuain in your team currently? Yeah, yeah. Uh, do you want me to just quickly tell you what my team is? or No. No, okay. <laughs> um, Aguero, I do think, has that, that starting buff nailed down now, to be honest. Like, he's been playing so well and Jesus just... When Jesus looked like an upgrade on Aguero when he first came in, it couldn't be more the opposite now. Like, Aguero has just completely adapted to Pep's style. Uh, I think Watford will struggle here, but you, you never know. Uh, moving on to Sunday, and we've got three games. The early kickoff is Liverpool versus Burnley. What do you think about Liverpool? Do you think they're, um, they're genuinely, like, bottling it? Because that's been the media narrative, which has been driving me freaking crazy recently. I just don't care enough, to be honest, Dan. Yeah, well, but you have to care at least enough to n predict how they'll do in this game, right? I think they'll try and score goals. <laughs> they'll try and try and do that thing 
where they put the ball over the line in order to gain the three points. Yeah, I don't reckon Burnley will score. So they did... I think the last one ended 3-2, but that was a heavily rotated Liverpool team. Yeah, I'm a little bit worried about Liverpool in this one. I think they'll win, uh, but I don't think it's going to be like a a cakewalk or, or it's going to be easy. Maybe I'm just saying that to justify getting rid of Salah, but... Yeah, Burnley seems like the sort of team they'll have a bit of trouble with considering their their lack of scoring form. Personally, I don't feel like there's any real worry for Liverpool. Like, their games are just going to be tougher because they're reaching the end of the season and they just need to grind out results. That's all they need to do. And other teams also need to grind out results. So it's it's going to be... You're probably going to see a lot of 1-0s and 2-1s, but that's that. Uh, Chelsea play Wolves at, at 2 o'clock. And that, to me, looks like a pretty pretty fun game. I'll have Higuain. I've moved Jimenez out, which could be a risky move. But you can't get him back now, surely? Oh, I can. Like To be honest, right, the end of the season, I do not care about budget. Like It's so easy to get most of the players you want because you know like you don't have to build for the next like 20 weeks. You're just building for like seven or eight weeks. Okay. And I find it quite easy to take like mental risks and calculated risks. So I'm not really too worried about Jimenez. Like I could easily transfer him back in for Zaha. Uh, but I don't really love the look of Wolves fixtures towards the end of the season. They've got some good ones. But as I mentioned before, they, they tend to do well in the big games and struggle against the lesser teams. With the exception of Cardiff, because Cardiff basically opened well they they defended really really poorly and gave the ball up in very dangerous areas for Wolves and they comfortably strode the victory how do you feel about this game do you think um Jimenez could be in for a, a good score or I hope that he does a goal but who knows I thought it was interesting that Alonso and David Luiz didn't play at the weekend yeah I didn't catch why uh, why David Luiz didn't play because he was on the bench, but Alonso wasn't even in the squad, I don't think. Hmm. Could this be the end for, for Alonso? <laughs> I mean, there's been there have been threats of him being rotated for about two and a half years now, and it's finally started happening, and it feels great because I hate the guy. Can't stand him. And I hate when he's a good FPL option. Um, I don't know how significant that is, but to be honest with you, like I would have said this, Six weeks ago, 12 weeks ago, and I'm still saying it now. Like, I don't think Chelsea defence is the place to look when Liverpool defenders are more or less the same price. Um, Their defence isn't solid enough, even though they do get the odd clean sheet. Uh, The fact that there's no rotation going on, I'd just be really worried, to be honest. Um, And Arsenal versus Man United is the, the late kickoff, which, being the late kickoff, I'm very tempted to take Higuain out and just put Aubameyang back in <laughs> and put the captain captaincy armband on him. But I don't think I will. I think I'm going to try and be, try and be pragmatic. Mm. Uh, but, but do you feel, what do you feel about this? I'd be interested to get your take on, on who, well, firstly, whether it's worth having any assets in this fixture. And secondly, who do you think will win? Well, I'm going to have Pogba definitely. Yeah. Um, I'm benching Lindelof. Seems smart. Uh, so I can't wait for it to be a nil-nil. Um, I don't really want to play Aubameyang in it, to be quite mm. honest. Uh, but do you have good alternatives? No, I'll have to transfer him out. Hmm. Yeah, I, I'm really unsure about this one because I, I have that fear of like transferring out a high-value player for another high-value player, and that player being Aubameyang, when his fixture is the last in the game week, is against Man United, and it's at the Emirates, and if he scores, I'm going to hate myself so much if I don't own him, because that is just how it goes, I guess. But I don't know, I'm I'm torn between whether or not to be like the pragmatic player, or just... Um, just follow my heart on this one I think Arsenal will win I think the fact that it's at the Emirates is massive we have the second best home record in the league uh, behind only Man City 
and I think Man United look beatable, but Man United are also very good at counter-attacking, and a lot of Arsenal's uh, ability to do well in this game depends on Koscielny and Socrates both being available, because if Mustafi slots into the middle, we're going to be in trouble again, and that's kind of every game for the rest of the season. As long as Koscielny and Socrates are there, I think Arsenal will be fine. But when they're not there, I, I will really worry. So that's probably the thing to look out for, in my opinion. But I do think Arsenal will win. And that's it. That's, that's all of Game Week 30. Clean Sheet Cup is something I completely forgot about, but we should probably do it. How did we perform in Game Week 28 and 29? So, I think... Yeah. I think I said Arsenal in Game Week 28. No. You said Cardiff. Did they do it? I can't remember. Cardiff lost 3-0 to Everton. I meant Everton. That's what I meant to say. Okay. And then uh, at the weekend, you said Watford against Leicester. Oh, man. That was, that was not a terrible shout, but freak, they let Vardy do his Vardy thing. That's annoying. I said for 28 uh, Wolves against Huddersfield. Obviously yeah. lost 1-0. Excellent. But for the week, 29. For 29, I said Brighton versus Huddersfield. Uh, Of course you did. Yes, I did. (sighs) There you go. Have your point. So, heading into game week 30, we're neck and neck. Oh, really? So who goes first? I think you can go first because I would have been going first all of this time. Yeah. You've been in the ascendancy, so you have to step back for a moment. It's true. Okay. Uh, I s- see, it's so in my head at this point. What are our actual scores, by the way? Because I think they're quite terrible. Eight. Oh, wow. We've predict- <laughs> correctly predicted eight clean sheets over the course of And I think one of mine was a nil-nil as yes. well. Yes, so you've predicted seven. So I got seven. two points, yeah. That's unbelievable. <laughs> but I did get a nil-nil, which deserves some kind of pat on the back at least, some some kind of brownie points. Um. I find this... It's ridiculous how hard this this game is. I'm going to say West Ham against Cardiff uh, because I don't want to jinx Liverpool (laughs) against Burnley. Well, this is why you picked the ones you did before. Yeah. Because you didn't want to do any jinx. I don't want to jinx stuff, yeah. So this is why I suck. I I put too much stock in jinxes, man. Uh, I'm going to say Liverpool. Yep. Okay. Thank you for... I mean, does it count as a jinx if you do it? Maybe it doesn't. I don't know. I'm the one with the double Liverpool defence. We'll find out, I guess. <sighs> well, it's been a pleasure, guys. If you enjoyed this podcast, um, feel free to drop us a little review on iTunes and also rate us five stars. It helps, uh, I think. Anyway, that's what they will tell us, that we get more fans if we get more good reviews and we surface in the search bar. So that's all fun and games. Uh, if you want to follow us and interact with us, you can find us on Twitter at The Denalysis. And you can also email us at hello at thedenalysis.com. Good luck with Game Week 30. We'll be back for a pod, uh, a new pod early next week, I think, to discuss all of the goings on. and probably throwing a little preview of our free hit teams, as I think that's what we're going to be rolling with. Uh, but until then, goodbye, you responsible fantasy players. Keep on keeping on. Bye.